who we got back there. Sister Ava, how are you today? Amen. Sister Ava, all that that I, the things I gave you, they're no good. So I'll just let you know that. But uh, you might be able to catch up with me. Uh, so if it's not up there, it's not her fault, okay? I just want you to know that. Uh, but God is good. How many know God is good? Amen. His mercy endures forever. Amen. Said his mercy endures forever. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Glory to God. I want you to go with me today. We've been talking about the uh, clean. We know you can be clean through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Could you go in there in my office, find a little piece of paper about that big, got some notes on it. That's what I need today. Right. Everybody happy today? Amen. 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 Glad these right here are. <laughs> uh, God's good. We had a wonderful time last week, didn't we? Uh, just celebrating the resurrection of the Lord, but... That's the thing about Christendom is we celebrate him every day of our lives. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I know that there was a time in the old scriptures whenever they would have a, a season. Thank you. Have a season whenever all of the debts were canceled. It was the year of Jubilee. But then Jesus came. Hallelujah. And uh, we don't have to wait for seven years, but he is our jubilee every single day. Glory to God. And so today we celebrate, and uh, historically through in the uh, Christian church in America, uh, Easter is the largest attended Sunday in America, and uh, the Sunday following Easter is the least attended. <laughs> uh, so let that get a hold of you. Um, but thank God for salvation, thank God for Easter, but thank God for today. Amen. Amen. And uh, I want to talk to you today about clean, and I want to go, I think, this morning in Exodus chapter 12, and I was had things prepared for three or four weeks for today, and um, in my time of prayer this morning and just preparation, the Lord would give me different directions. And so we're going to go with what the Lord has spoken into our hearts for this morning. Is that all right? Amen. And uh, I want Exodus chapter 12. Uh, we have there a scripture that talks to us about the Passover. He uh, speaks to us about the Passover here in Exodus chapter 12. And I want to um, look this morning. It is uh, God is speaking to Israel whenever they are in the place of Egypt, right? You know, Egypt and, uh, is there, and we see that there is a, a, a separation that's about to take place. There is a, a sheep and goat, wheat and tare, that are about to be separated here. And God's going about to show who is on the Lord's side, right? Now, we know that there is another time that is coming that God said he's going to do that. But I believe that's what he is showing us here 
in Exodus chapter 12. He said in verse 7, he said, And they shall take some of the blood and put it upon the doorpost and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. And they, then they shall eat the flesh of the, uh, on that night, roasting in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Now, when we look at this scripture, we see that he, they are telling them to take a lamb. There is instructions here. It cannot be just any lamb, but it has to be a pure lamb. It has to be a lamb without spot, without blemish. It is not a leftover lamb. It is not a lamb that you're looking to get rid of, but it is a lamb that you would be willing to keep, right? And so he tells them to take it and to sacrifice it, to kill it, and put the blood on the doorpost, on the two doorposts, but then you had to eat the lamb, the entire lamb. Everything had to be eaten. Amen? And this is what I believe we're missing out in on in the American church of today. We want the blessing of the blood, but nobody's wanting to eat the lamb. We want, we want the, the covering, we want the benefits, we want the protection, but if you want the benefits, the protection, if you want to be really clean, if you want to be really covered, then it's not just the blood, but you have to eat the lamb. You have to digest the lamb. David said, your word is hid in my heart. He, in other words, he's digesting the word. We've got to take the lamb and we've got to digest the lamb. We've got to make it a part of who we are. Amen. He said, then you shall eat the flesh on that night and roast uh, in the fire. And then he says in verse number 11, and thou shalt uh, you eat with the belt with your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it with haste. It shall, and it, it is the Lord's Passover. Now, there is a lot of preaching right here in this one verse because in all of these things that he's telling them to do, have your belt on, have your sandals on, have your staff in your hand, He's telling them that you need to be ready to move. You need to be ready to go because as you're eating this, you need to be ready, prepared to go to another place. Now I'm telling you today that whenever you put a purpose in your heart that you're going to eat the lamb and you put the blood over the doorpost of your life, you're about to go to a new place. You're not going to live in the sin that you've lived in. You're not going to live how you've lived all the rest of your life, but you're about to go to another level. You're about to go to another dimension, another place that doesn't look anything like where you have lived up to this point. Amen. Have I got anybody saved in here today? That whenever old things pass away and all things become new, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And whenever you begin to eat of this lamb, your, your appetite changes. Amen. You don't have a desire for the same things you used to desire. You know, whenever you begin to eat of this lamb, it'll cause you to have an appetite for the lamb. 
<laughs> you'll hunger the things of God. You'll hunger the things of the Spirit of God. And he's telling us today that if we are going to have this kind of appetite change, how many know that in this world, and I know you probably get tired of me preaching it, but it is so, it is so entrenched in American church. I'm telling you, if God, God can't come back today, I know that surprised you. God can't come back today because if he came back, he would not recognize this church. This church doesn't look nothing like the church he left. And the church he left was doing signs, wonders, and miracles. The church he left was eating the lamb. The church he left understood the power of the blood. The church that he left was casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, setting the captive free, delivering the oppressed. Amen. The church that he left, 12 ignorant, unlearned men spent some three years with him and he released them and they went and turned the known world upside down for Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul said, there's nowhere that I know that I have not preached this gospel hallelujah this is the church that he left and so i'm telling you today that there has to be a a hunger again for lamb chops come on somebody there has to be a hunger for the the word of god for the lamb of god again to change our appetite till we don't desire the things of the world as much as we desire the things of the spirit glory to god he said that you shall eat it all. And then he talks about the bitter herbs. We could talk about the bitterness, amen, that Jesus would have to go through because this is all shadow and types of Jesus. And he said, so you take and you eat the lamb, but you take the blood and put it up on the doorpost. In verse 11, he said, and, and you shall eat it with, uh, oh, I've already read that, didn't I? All right, Good. Verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt. And he says, when I pass through that night, I will strike all firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment, for I am the Lord. Now, you remember whenever we first started this series, we talked about the donkey, right? having donkey ways and also uh, it, that you could only way that you could keep a donkey is that you would sacrifice a lamb in the place of a donkey or if you did not want to uh, do that then you would have to break its neck and so this principle this law that is in motion here has been set into motion and God says that for those ones in Egypt that does not want to obey that does not want to give me the first he said then I'm going to execute judgment right I mean know that we hear a lot about grace today and thank God for grace is anybody thankful for grace I, I am first in line. I'm thankful for the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. But not only is he a God of grace, but he is also a God of judgment. Amen. And he will judge us on that day. And he tells them, he said, I'm going to execute judgment. And then verse 13, he said, now the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. 
right? He said, so this isn't for you, Israel. This is for Egypt, right? This is for those who have not come into covenant with me. This is the ones that have not obeyed and put me first in their life. But if you, Israel, don't put me first, if you don't start eating lamb and putting the blood on the doorpost, then the death angel is going to come to your house too. This is not for you, but if you do not obey, it's going to come to you too. Huh? And then he says this, he says that if I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not destroy you when I strike the land. Hallelujah. Now, how many know we are not exempt from the things in this world? You can be saved, sanctified, filled with heaven's Holy Spirit and still go through difficulty and trouble in this present world. But this, when we look at this symbolically and we look at it pointing to Jesus, he said that the plagues that come upon the world will not come upon you. I'm talking today about clean, but I'm talking to you about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That when the blood was applied to Israel's house, the plagues that would come to Egypt would not be able to enter into their house. Glory to God. And I want to tell you today that whenever the blood has been applied to our lives, praise God, there are some things that come to this world that will not be able to come to our house. The blood is powerful. The blood is a, a protector against the enemy and all of the things that come into this world. We don't have to accept just everything that comes along. Whenever you have the blood applied to the doorpost of your life, the plagues may come and they may go, but I want to tell you if you're covered by the blood. Amen. If you're covered by the blood. Lake, L.E. Lake, or G.E. Lake, was in Africa whenever they had that Ebola epidemic. And hundreds of thousands of people were dying in Africa. And Lake told them as he would go and wherever he showed up, this Ebola would stop in its tracks. And they said, how is it that you do that? He said, because I have power over infirmity, sickness, and disease. They said, there's no way that a human can have that. You see, that's the reason why we have no power today. That's the reason why that everything that comes and goes comes upon us because we don't believe we have any power today. But we have power in the blood of Jesus. They said to Lake, they said, if you have this power, then we want to do it scientifically. And they, and they showed him going in and they did, took him into a science lab, put his hand under a microscope. And they took that Ebola and put it into his hands. And the scientist said that when it hit his hand, that Ebola died. Amen. Amen. 
Why? It wasn't because he was a super duper something. It was because he believed in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And what I'm saying to you today is this. I don't have it all figured out. I don't understand. But what I do believe is there's greater power than we're exercising through the blood of Jesus Christ upon our lives, upon our house, upon our family. We need to learn how to plead the blood of Jesus and say there is no place for you there's no vacancy here this blood has been applied there has already been a death here and so now death cannot come in this house in the name of Jesus amen the death angel come but the death angel couldn't stay amen he said when I see this blood I'm going to pass over you glory to God hallelujah When we look into the scripture, we find also that in Numbers chapter 22, Numbers chapter 22, you there? Verse 12, we see here that there is set this up for you. If you, you probably, most of you know it, but Balak, king of Moab, is trying to get Balaam to curse Israel, right? Curse God's people. And Balak, there's great fear that has come into Moab because they said, we've seen the power of Israel. Whenever they come in, they annihilate people they they destroy things they they overcome every enemy and every obstacle that ever comes and so Balaam says the only hope we don't have strength to do it ourselves but if we could get Balaam to come in maybe he could curse these people for us right and so he sent messengers to Balaam and he says to him will you come and you curse these people and he said well you're going to have to stay overnight and I'm going to have to ask God about this right and and he brought him some gifts he wanted to be a blessing to him for the curse (laughs) isn't that a mess we won't bless you for cursing somebody and then and then so he comes in he answers and the Lord says to him he says you can't do that because what I have blessed, you can't curse, right? Verse 12, it said, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the prince of Balak, uh, go back to your land for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. Right? He said, go back because what God has blessed I can't be cursing. In verse 18, it said, Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me a house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Amen. And so he's saying to them, If if I can read this into, and and I'm going to just leave it here today, but I see that Balaam is having trouble with this. He's wanting the gold, he's wanting the silver, 
but he's got enough sense to ask God about it. And he, he says to him the first time, he said, I can't do it. Balaam sweetens the pot. And he says, I'll give you more. And, and, he, and so he says, let me pray about it. Stay overnight. Let me pray about it. He prays to God again. And God says, what I have blessed, you can't curse. Amen. And then he goes in and he says to them, even if you give me a house full of gold and silver, I can't go beyond God. I can't go beyond what he's blessed. I can't do what I can't. In other words, I can't curse what he's not cursing. And I can't bless what he's not blessing. Amen. And he says, and he goes on and he says in verse 22 that the, uh, the, then God's anger was aroused because he went and the angel of the Lord looked, uh, Lord took his stand in the way and an adversity against him. And he was riding on his donkey. The donkey shows up. I thought I started with a donkey. I'd end with a donkey. The donkey and his two servants were with him. And now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back to the road. Right? And then the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. She pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. And then the Lord, in verse 28, I'm sorry. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. (laughs) Amen. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. Here is a man of God. Here is one that is is, uh, inquiring of the Lord. He blesses and he curses according to the will and the plan of God. But he is so overcome and overwhelmed with this thought of getting earthly things that an angel shows up and a donkey can see it, but he can't. Amen. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up on earthly things that supernatural things are happening all around us and we cannot see them. Because we are looking at eternal materialistic things that will not last forever, right? And so he got caught up on all of this. And the Bible said that the Lord uh, sent an angel to stop him because he did did what God told him not to do. He just said, well, maybe I'll just go a little ways with him. And God sends this angel, puts him in the middle of the road. And Balaam is so caught up on what he might be able to get that he doesn't see an angel, but thank God for a donkey. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The donkey sees it and runs into the field, says, I'm not having no part of this. Right? He gets, him, gets her turned back around again and starts on his journey again. And the Bible said that, that donkey seen the angel, he, she runs him up against the wall and crushes his foot. Gets him all kinds of upset. Right? And then the scripture says, have you ever noticed how we'll go against what God puts in our spirit? The Lord will tell us something in prayer, but that's not what we want to hear. Huh? We say we're fasting, we're praying, we're believing God. We'll put out a fleece. (laughs) Right? 
We'll do all these things and we'll, until we're trying to get the answer we want. And Balaam didn't like the answer he was getting in times of prayer. And so he would just try to slip on in a little closer and a little closer. But God in his mercy and his grace sent this donkey to crush his foot. To get him off, uh, get him to begin to realize this is not worth it. How many know that this world is not worth it? The things of this world are not worth it. Amen. We need to understand in this time and age that we're living in that the things around us are so appealing. They're so drawing and drawing our hearts and drawing our flesh and pulling on us. But we need to realize that it is being in the provision of God. It's being in the place of God that is the safest place that we can be. And the scripture tells us that Balaam would continue to go on these, these three times. And then it says, and Balaam said to the donkey, because you abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, and now I would like to kill you. He's trying to kill the thing that's keeping him (laughs) from being killed. (laughs) Sometimes we don't like what God sends to keep us. But he said he opened the, the mouth of the, ba- the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? <laughs> Hallelujah. What have I done to you? I'm trying to keep you, right? And then the Bible said in verse 31, Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel, the Lord, standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. Amen. Here we see that that Balak is trying to do his best to curse something. Balaam's wanting to go along with it, but God said, "Uh uh-uh. Right? I want to tell you today that we, we, we in the church have become so fearful because we don't know the power of the blood. Amen. Now, I've told you before, I don't go around looking for devils, but whenever they show up, I cast them out. I'm not afraid of a demon. I'm not afraid of the demonic. Amen. I know the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I know the power of that blood is able, amen, to set us free. It is able to keep us, praise God. And I know that, that it doesn't matter what is going on in this world. There, uh, there is, we, we today are, have, in America, we have, we have, uh, we have smart demons. We have educated demons. Amen. We have have nice, nice looking demons. They're dressed in three-piece suits. Amen. Amen. They're dressed up in America. I remember standing in McCurdy, Africa in 1992, and and it looked like a disco. Whenever they were out there worshiping, it looked like a disco. You think it's crazy up in here. You ought to have seen McCurdy, Africa. It was something else. Uh, but whenever the music was over, when the singing was done, 
and, and they, they I went to the platform and I began to read the word. And when I began to read the word of God, there became manifestations of demonic all over that Coliseum, that auditorium, that what well, was an auditorium is outside. They said there was over 22,000 there, but I don't know how many, but there was demonic spirits all over that place begin to manifest. I was just a young boy. And I thought to myself, my God, this is a wicked place. Amen. I said, this is a wicked place. Uh, but it was amazing to me because I didn't have to stop the service to deal with them. There was, there was saints of God grab a hold of them and in the name of Jesus cast out those demonic spirits. Glory to God. Amen. But I'll never forget what the Holy Spirit said to me in my mind. I said, this is a terrible place. This is a demonic place. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I'll never forget it. It was 1992 in February, 92. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I said that in my mind. The Holy Spirit said in my spirit, it is no different here than it is in America. There's just not enough anointing there to stir it up. We've got demonic running all over. Huh? We've got a world full of it going on around us. Amen? And we see all of this stuff going on, and yet that we don't have the exercising the power that has been given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. They sent me into a tribe of people. They said that this is an unreached tribe. These people know nothing about God. And, and sure enough, I went over there and went to a place. And when I went to this uh, village and my interpreter was with me, they started running. They said, oh, mon man of God, we can't go in there. I said, all they know is voodoo and witchcraft. And I said, well, that's the place we need to go. They said, okay. So we went in there. I said, who is, a part, who is the leader of this tribe? Bring, take me to the chief. And they took me to a hut there, and there was an old man up in there that was crippled. He was laying on his bed, and before they would let, he would let me into his little hut, he, he stopped me, and he had him a little a powder, white powder, and he'd take and shake that white powder, saying something. Hindu, Hindu, I don't know. He's saying something. Then he took him some roots, and he rubbed those roots together, and he said something else. And after he did all of that, then he, he motioned for me that I could come in now. I wasn't afraid of his powder. I wasn't afraid of his roots. Amen. When I went in there and talked to him, I said, how long have you been sick? And I believe it was eight years that he had been sick. He had not been out of his hut. He, he was crippled. And he, I said, how long have you been this way? And he said, eight years. And he said he had tried voodoo and he had tried witchcraft and, and nothing would help him. And I said to him by faith, I said, my, the God that I serve is able to heal you. And he said, if you, your God can heal me, then our village must serve him. And my interpreter, he got all kinds of excited. He said, oh, this is getting good. This is getting good. I said, oh, yeah, it's about to get better. Because the power that they had was, was, it wasn't they didn't have power. They just didn't have the power that's in the blood of Jesus. Amen. No, make no mistake about it. The enemy has power, but it, it, it pales in comparison to the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And so we prayed a little short prayer and I asked God that he would heal this man so that he and this village would know because I asked him, I said, do you know Jesus Christ? They said, no. Well, I asked, began to talk to him and they said, we've heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but we don't know who he is. And I said, I'm here to tell you about him. And so I prayed a simple prayer by faith and asked God that he would heal this man as a testimony to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob so they would believe. And I'm telling you that out of that simple little prayer, I told him through the interpreter to, to try to get up or get his legs under him. And he starts working his legs and then he starts getting up off of that cot and he begins to walk around in his little hut and then he goes outside and before it's over, he's running around the village and everybody sees the power of the blood of Jesus Christ hallelujah I want to tell you today because of that blood there in that little village that whole village accepted Jesus Christ we sent a pastor there build a church there and there's a light in a dark place today because of the blood of Jesus Christ greater is he that is in us than the world that is against us amen You see, today we don't have to fear the devil. We don't have to fear the demonic. We don't have to fear the things that the world brings against us because we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We look into Joshua chapter 2 and we see there that there is a woman named Rahab. She's known by her occupation, right? Or she's a harlot. But how many know God, it doesn't stop God from coming to where you are. What you have done, where you have been, glory to God. In verse 17, these two men have come to spy out the land. They are about to come in and destroy the city. And Rahab says to them, she takes and hides them. Right? Rides them on top of the, the, the roof and hides them for, to protect them from the people that have come to get them. And, and, and now she says to them, I want you to help me. And this is the response in verse 17. It said, so the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of ours, which you have made us to swear, unless when we come into the land, you bid this uh, bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down unless you bring your father and your mother, your brothers and all of your father's household into your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, this blood shall be on their own head and we will uh, be guiltless. And whoever is within the house, his blood shall be on our head if it, a hand is laid on them. Amen. So here's a Rahab, the harlot, but she receives the two men that God has sent to spy out the land, protects them, and they said to her, it's interesting, they said, we, we're going to let you down through the window, but he said, take this scarlet thread. Amen. It wasn't just an old rope. It wasn't just any color, but it was scarlet. Representing the blood. 
representing the cleansing, right? Amen. In a harlot's house. Who would have thought you had found salvation in a harlot's house? Come on, somebody. But that's the mercy and the grace of our God. Amen. That he reached down and touched her even in her sinful state and cleansed her up and said, if you'll get your father, your mother, and all of your family into the house, this blood, this scarlet thread that has redeemed you today, it's going to redeem them as well. It's going to keep them safe. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today that we cannot neglect our own families. We cannot uh, give up on our families. We can't quit praying for them believing God for them amen I know that I'm old school I know that I've been in church a little while but I remember whenever the altars were not barren I tell you why the altars are barren today is because there's no tears found there any longer for the loss there's people not crying out for their sons and their daughters we're letting them escape into hell without going over our prayers without our intercession without our believing God but I want to tell you Rahab have got a hold she said this is my chance this is my opportunity not just for me but for my whole house glory to God I'm telling you today that the blood that saved you is the blood that'll save your son it'll save your daughter it'll save your companion you've just got to get them into the house glory to God and if you can get them into the house the blood that saved you will save them as well amen this scarlet thread was redemption it was a place that saved not only her but everyone that was in her house glory to God hallelujah hallelujah we're worried about time amen I'm not mad at nobody at the devil. You understand? If people, if churches, if places are getting people saved, I'm all for it. But I've seen places wherever they're having church, you know, five, five services last Sunday, and they're 30 minutes apiece. How are you going to celebrate a resurrected Christ in 20 minutes? We're worried about time. My God, we don't even spend two hours on Sunday. What, you got all the rest of the week do what you want to do. Amen. And even whenever we show up, we slip out early. All of that kind of craziness. I'm telling you that we've got to understand today that it, we, we've got to get serious about our salvation again. We got to get serious about putting this scarlet thread. We got to get serious about putting Jesus first priority in our lives again. Amen. And whenever we begin to put him first in our lives, then we'll see a generation that is going to understand that Jesus is worth our Sunday. Amen. And I don't want to get off on a horse today and start riding, but I'm telling you that the bloom payment that's coming due upon the American church for this lack of apathy and a spirit of neglect of the house of God and what we have tolerated in one generation will be accepted in another. And I'm telling you that we've given up our Wednesday night. We've given up Sunday night. We only come to church once or twice a month on Sunday and the next generation will come on Christmas and Easter and never have a relationship 
relationship with the risen Christ, but the devil is a liar. We've got to be, get some Rahabs on the wall again that'll say, I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to sacrifice what I've got to sacrifice so my family can be saved. Amen. I know we're busy and I'm not here to blast anybody. I'm telling you, but we've still got however busy you get. You've got to make God first priority in your life. He's got to be first. Amen. If they're not in the house, if they're not a part of this covenant, Rahab, if they're not a part of the scarlet thread, then we're not responsible for them. Their blood is on their hands. But if you get them into the house of mercy, come on somebody. If you get them into the house of grace, if you get them into the place of safety, then whenever the, whenever the enemy come, whenever they come in and begin to destroy, you won't have to worry about your family being destroyed because they will be safe. I'm telling you today that, that, that oh God help me. I should have brought my notes because I get on these things. But I'm telling you today, we're raising up an American church that if you think that a Muslim and the, uh, the spirit of Islam is going to stay over in the Middle East, you've got another thing coming. That spirit is coming to America swiftly and we're raising up a generation that does not know their God and have come into a religious system that does not know the blood of Jesus Christ, does not know the power of the Holy Spirit and will not be able to stand when the spirit of Islam comes to this nation but I want to tell you today that there must be some Rahabs there must be some people that will rise up and say it's not by might it's not by power but we know the spirit of the living God we know him for ourselves and we will not give in you can cut off our head but we will serve the Lord we will not you can shoot us but we're still going to cry out to him and give him praise why because we know who God is let me ask you a question this morning do you know him well enough that if they come to cut off your head you would go out worshiping I know we want to paint a pretty picture and I wish I could huh but there's two worlds working here at the same time there's a spirit of righteousness, but there is also the work of darkness. And if we don't get into the house, if we don't get under the blood, if we don't stay in the place of safety, then we'll never be able to stand against the enemy. Let me tell it like this. We're raising up an American church that can't even stand up in church and testify. How are you going to die for him out there? Come on, let's hold hands and sing kumbaya and they'll make us all feel better. Huh? No, it's real, friend. There's two worlds that are warring in our nation today. Can you see it? They're warring in our nation today. They're all around us. They're, they're in the secular world. They're in the church world. They're in the government. They're everywhere you look. There is a war that is going on. This isn't play. This is for real. This is for life. And we've got to be willing to understand that this, we, we are not covered, we are not cleansed, we are not safe because of who we are or what we say that we know. We are safe because of the blood. Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. I know you won't hear that on TBN. That's all right. Huh? I said, that's all right. I've got free from the expectations of people. I want people to like me, but if you don't like me, it's okay. You're not the first one. Amen. We have to, we have a responsibility in the kingdom of God to raise up a, a army of believers that know who God is. Amen. And I won't be held accountable for other houses, but I'll be held accountable for this house. Amen. And I've heard it for a long time. People say, well, that, that, that whenever you stand before the Lord, you'll stand by yourself. That is not what your Bible says. Your Bible says that you will stand there with your pastor. Amen. And I will have to give an account for your soul. Amen. This isn't just something I show up on Sunday and do. This isn't just something that haphazardly you run in and run out and do. This is a heavy responsibility. This is something I have to give an account for. That's the reason why I can't just preach cotton candy. I can't preach fluff. I got to preach the word because I'll stand accountable before God for your souls. Amen. Amen. But all of this was done through the blood of animals. But Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 23, it said to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. The blood of a lamb was able to preserve them in Exodus during the Passover. The blood of the lamb was able to keep Rahab and her whole house. But it was a symbol. The blood was there to give them, uh, not only in Passover and throughout the Old Testament, I'm just giving you a couple of glimpses of that today, but it was all a shadow of and a type of a lamb that was to come that was, that was there from the foundations of the world. And he says here in Hebrews that, that Jesus has come and he said that when he comes that he is a mediator of a new covenant. This new covenant is a better thing. How many know God never regresses, he always goes forward. It's always progress, it's always a better thing. The end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. The latter house shall be greater than the former house. Everything is a progression in God. He is always moving forward. 
and he tells us that whenever Jesus comes and he he is there he that he is a mediator of a new covenant that that the blood of sprinkling speaks of better things right it's better than that covenant that Abel had. It's better than the blood of, of turtle doves and lambs of days past. But the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed, if the blood of Jesus and the covenant that God gave, or excuse me, the blood of, uh, of turtle doves and lambs was good enough for Egypt, if it was good enough for them to come out of Egypt's bondage, if, if that was good enough to preserve them and walk them through all of the Old Testament into the New Testament then how much greater is the blood of Jesus Christ when it has been applied to our hearts and into our lives hallelujah I want to tell you that I believe it's the place where the wicked one can touch you not it is the place amen that raises you higher and lifts you into heavenly places and sets you down beside of the Lord glory to God I want to tell you that the enemy comes in and he wants to always push us down he wants to tell us how bad we are how terrible we are how undeserving we are and I have to agree with him yes you're right devil but that is Brian and Adam but now I'm not Brian and Adam any longer I am Brian in Christ Jesus I am Brian owned to the blood of Jesus Christ and through his blood and his blood alone am I worthy glory to God I'm here today to tell you that you're not a wretched worm however long you sung the songs however many times they told you you're nothing you're unworthy the devil is a liar that kind of stuff was sung because people had a mindset of slavery and bondage but I'm here today to tell you that you stepped on out of death into life you have been covered with the blood of Jesus Christ and you are no longer a slave you're no longer held in sin but you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ you're a partaker of his divine nature you're the called out one you're the chosen one you're the redeemed one you're the predestined one the blood of Jesus has washed away all of your guilty stains and made you to stand before him righteous and pure and holy before father God amen don't allow the enemy to tell you you're a wretched worm you're not no wretched worm. You're not no old wretched sinner. You are new in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus today. I'm thankful that that blood has redeemed me and cleansed me. Amen. And there is no doubt in my mind to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. No question. No question. The blood is enough. <laughs> I said the blood is enough. The blood is powerful enough to annihilate and cleanse and wash all of our guilty stains away. Glory to God. But the enemy wants to push us down and make us feel as though, you know, he wants to push us back into Adam. Huh? He wants to push us back into Adam. He wants us to live in Adam. 
The Bible talks to us about it as marriage. He said, if your husband be dead then you, and you marry another. A lot of people take that out of context and they take it literally like, you know, and I'm not going to get into all that theology, but I'm just going to tell you that it's very clear what he's talking about. He said, and you marry another, which is Jesus Christ. So he's not talking about Bob or Bill, right? He's talking about Adam. Amen? That in your Adam nature, if he be dead, if you be in Christ, then you're a new creature. So Adam, the Adam, man Adam was dead, and now you marry another, which is Jesus Christ, right? Now you have a new mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I'm eating lamb now. I'm not thinking about the things of the world. I don't have the desire of the world. I don't have the temptations of the world. Huh? Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now this mind is in me that is also in Christ Jesus. I'm not being conformed to the world, but I'm being transformed by the renewing of my suke, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Right? And so it's being redeemed. But the enemy wants to keep us down. There was a, there was a World War II veteran that was in an airplane and he had he was flying the plane and whenever he heard the plane what got in the plane and began to fly he heard what he believed was a rodent or a rat that was chewing on the wires he didn't have nobody else to 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 take the plane he didn't have this this cruise thing that they got today he had to stay in the plane but he heard that the, the, the that rodents could only survive at a certain altitude Instead of trying to land the plane, he took the plane and pulled back the handles and he went as high as the plane could go. And he said that as he began to fly higher and higher, he said that the rodent began to quit, that sound quit, and the noise quit. And he knew that, that whatever was eating the wires that could destroy and cause him to get off a course or maybe even die, it had now died itself. And whenever he landed that plane, they said they opened it up. And sure enough, the rat that was chewing the wires had died because he went to a higher altitude. I want to tell you whenever the storms of life come to you, amen, you don't have to give up. You don't have to land the plane. You don't have to quit. Just pull back on it and begin to love him more. Begin to worship him more. Go to another altitude and the thing that's killing you, it will die as you get closer to the presence of God. Today I'm telling you that we don't have to fear because there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ and he will keep you he will preserve you. He will keep you blameless till the day of redemption. Why? Because the blood still is enough and you have been made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm covered by the blood. I'm covered by the blood. I can't go everywhere let my children go but I can cover them with the blood I can't be at the same place that Jordan is and destiny is but I can cover them with the blood they're in my house huh come on somebody amen and they're covered with the blood glory to God
Sister Ava, I'm going to use one verse I gave you. Psalms chapter 51. Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful for the blood today? Glory to God. Psalms chapter 51. It said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and none this and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Glory to God. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me. What's he going to wash you in? The blood. And I shall be made as white as snow. I'm almost done. The power that is in the blood of Jesus is greater than any power that is on this earth. And as a believer, under the blood of Jesus, you don't have to fear nothing or no one. Give you one more story and I'm done. Just a testimony against the enemy. One of my trips to Africa during the service was bound up. Things weren't happening. Was no move going on. Holy Spirit told me to tell them to take a bloodbath. So through my interpreter, I explained to him what I wanted them to do. I said, I want you to tell them to act like they're washing. Say, I'm washing in the blood of Jesus. Washing in the blood of Jesus. Whenever I did that and they began to do that, the devil couldn't stand it. Amen. People started getting delivered and set free all over that place. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is greater than what the devil's tried to bind you up with. Amen. We're living in a real world that's a warfare, but our warfare is not carnal. It's mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. And I just want to say to you today, there's still power in the blood of Jesus. There's still power to cleanse you, to make you whole. 
Cleanse your mind. Cleanse your eyes. Cleanse your ears. Cleanse your mouth. Cleanse your heart. Cleanse your soul and your spirit. When we take a bloodbath, it cleanses us from all of our guilty stains. Amen? And I'm thankful for that today. Go ahead and play something for me. Thankful for that today. You stand with me this morning, please. Father, we want to thank you that over these last three weeks, we've not even touched skim the surface of what you have done for us through the blood of Jesus Christ but we remember what you've done for us so I pray today God that that you would bring all three weeks together today we've done the best of our ability to to share what you've put in our hearts to share so I'm asking you today God that you would just bring it all together Let this be a miracle moment. Let this be a moment, God, when what you did for us on Calvary becomes reality in our flesh, our mind, our will, our emotions, our spirit. God, I pray that this would be a moment that we would remember what you've done and how you've done it for us so we can believe for our families. Lord, some of them may be so far away that we think it is impossible, but God, you came for the, you didn't come for the, for the, just those who are good. You came for those who have done even evil. Your blood isn't just for good folks. It is for all mankind. So I'm asking you today, God, that you would speak into our hearts and into our lives and God, in this moment, that at this house, in this place, like Rahab, and you, you challenged her. God, I pray that, that the Holy Spirit challenge us to get our families in, to not give up on our families, to pray for our sons and our daughters, our sons from afar and our daughters from the ends of the earth. Let them come forth in this hour. I pray that there be a spiritual awakening in this house. God, for a hunger for the Lamb hunger for your word an appetite for for the things of the spirit let there be an awakening god in us that god we have a hunger and we're not just satisfied with complacent and nice services but god we want supernatural place and a supernatural services where that your manifestation and the power of god is revealed in every service in and through our lives God, we don't put you in a box and limit you, but we just say, lamb, come, come. Let us eat of that lamb. Let us partake of that lamb and do whatever you desire to do in us today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. They're playing today. I just wonder if there's anyone here this morning. You say, Pastor Brian, I don't know Christ as my personal Savior. Maybe you've never known Him, or maybe you've drawn cold in Him. Maybe I know that Rahab's house was just symbolic, but 
I'm talking about you being in relationship with God, not knowing Him from afar, but knowing Him personally. There's such a hunger inside of me that I would know Him more than I've known Him before. I become concerned about people that don't have a hunger for God. Because if we're not careful, we'll get, we'll get so satisfied with what we have that will set and backslide setting right in the church. It's true. I think I've told you before, but the prodigal son didn't backslide in the pig pen. He backslid in his father's house. He pre-planned his leaving. He premeditated his separating himself from his father's house while still in his father's house. How can that happen? How can you do that whenever you're sitting right in a place where daddy has been so good to you, provided for you, gave you everything that you need, everything that you would desire, and, and, and what is left, it's coming to you, and you pre-plan to leave that. But it's a picture of us because we become complacent and we become satisfied and what we have is enough and we don't hunger for more. And then we become complacent and we become lethargic and, and we don't worship like we did and we don't sing like we did and we don't read the word like we did and we don't, we don't even pray anymore. And that relationship is severed and it's gone away. Amen. You don't have to, you don't have to do nothing to get separated from God. Huh? just like in our marriage we Renee and I would have to do nothing we don't have to do nothing to get separated just don't have relationship just do nothing and we'll become separated we'll become divided whenever we don't up our relationship when we don't continue to have communion with our God we're going to become separated and divided huh We know him, but we just don't have that relationship with him. I want to know him, not only in the fellowship of his suffering, but I want to know him in his resurrection power. I don't believe that he just died so he could resurrect. I believe he died to show us that we could have a resurrected life. That we can have a life and have it abundantly. Amen. Let me ask you today. Are you living the abundant life? Or are you just existing? Can I put it that way? Are you living the abundant life? Or are you just existing? Are you going to work? Are you paying your bills? Are you getting, getting by? Are you existing? Or are you living the dream? Are you living the life? God created us for more than just day to day, day in, day out, pay your bills, get by, do another day. He created us so that we could live in this present world 
and men would see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Amen. Prodigal son went all the way to the pig pen before he turned around. Got lost in the pig pen and in the waste of the pigs, he came back to his right mind. Huh? My question today is why do we always have to go all the way down to the pig pen before we turn around? Why don't we come to our mind before we ever leave the Father's house? Why don't we come to our senses before we leave the Father? Why, why even if we walked out, why, why do we have to go all the way down there before we realize what we've lost or what we're missing? I don't know, I'm just pastoring here a little bit. Is that okay? It bothers me, Pastor, that it seems like it's it, that that this, that this altar is such a hard place to come to. This altar is not a clean place. This altar is a dirty place. This altar is a messy place. It's where it's where the blood was shed. It's where the sacrifices took place. It's a place that we run to, and we find safety and shelter. It's a place that we, Moses ran to and he heard the voice of God. Huh? How long's it been since you heard the voice of God? Is it clear? If it's not clear, why don't, why don't we, why, why do we have such a hard time coming to the altar? Oh, I got it. Maybe it's pride. Maybe we're too proud. Pride will separate you from the things of God. Yes, it will. I know we're not shouting here this morning, but I feel a Holy Ghost, a deep Holy Ghost in this house this morning. A deep Holy Spirit that's touching our hearts. And, and, and it's not so much about us that we don't have to go all the way down to the pig pen. We need to remember the blood that was shed for us so we could have eternal life and we can have abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to open this altar this morning. Say to you, wherever you are in your walk, whatever you are, whatever you may be doing, you may be on the mountaintop, you may be in the valley, you may be somewhere in between. But if Holy Spirit speaking to you right now, touching your heart right now, just wooing you, saying, come on in a little closer. Come on in. Let me clean up some thoughts. Let me clean up some things you've been looking at. Let me clean your ears out. Let me clean your mouth. Let me clean your heart. Let me clean your spirit. On this day, let us leave here cleansed and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's, let's sing a little something here today. This is for you. I want you to come this morning.